podcast meeting brilliant minds and looking at the world around them. How do they 360 themselves and 360 the world? Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. supported by General Assembly and that's right you can get a 25% discount for their services promo code is 360yourself25 the code will be valid up to £75 off any one of their classes workshops and boot camps and is valid until the 31st 08 2021 and it's not applicable to GA's full-time part-time or online circuit courses full T's and C's apply Here at 360 Yourself, we are very proud and honoured to be partnered with General Assembly. We embrace this with open arms to a new adventure. General Assembly is a global tech education company focused on the most in-demand areas today. So that's anything from UX, digital marketing, coding, data science, data analytics to travel writing and ethics. Our slash their main goal is to get you where you want to be. You can find out more about them at ga.co online or across all socials at ga underscore London. We also encourage you to please rate and comment about us on Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy what we bring to your ears, we'd love to hear about it. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to 360 Yourself. I am the host, Jamie Neal, and I am welcoming you back with your ears wide open for another amazing episode with a brilliant, brilliant woman, and I'm really, really excited for you to listen to her. So what we're discussing today is gathering your thoughts, and I can imagine so many people have taken a paused moment since COVID um, to really reassess how they're living their life and to really reassess where they want to go, who they are as a person, all these things, it's really important for us to really gather our thoughts and take a pause moment rather than just running with the crowd and running for your career and all these things and being stimulated by the social media, TikTok and Instagram and everything. It's good to really, really understand yourself as a 360. So we're talking to Caroline Pay who is the Chief Creative Officer for Headspace. And if you don't know what Headspace is, it's an amazing, amazing app. Um, their mission is to improve health and happiness of the world. They are a brilliant health and wellness and fitness app. Um, if you haven't tried it, please, please do. It's incredible. Uh, Caroline, before that, was working at Mother as a Creative Director and at BBH London and at Grey London. So she's a wizard 
in the advertising world and now she's gone into the tech space and we're talking about gathering your thoughts and I think that's the great thing about Headspace. It allows you to slow down to really listen to your thoughts. So please, please put your hands together for Caroline Pay. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks, Jamie. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. So what I usually ask my guests um, when we first start is I'd love to know whereabouts are you in the world? Because obviously we've had COVID and everyone is sort of everywhere now. So whereabouts are you now? I am sitting in my new home in East Dulwich, South East London. Oh, very Next nice. to my glamorous assistant, Beanie. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you, I mean, you have such a, uh, people can't, some people can't see this, but you have such a beautiful home and that, that sofa looks so cozy. It is really cozy and I'm looking out on the, it's, I just rent, I just rent this house. I, it doesn't belong to me, but it's a lovely place to, to be. Yeah, for sure. What made you want to go to East Dulwich then rather than like anywhere else? Oh my God. So I, I grew up in Croydon and I've spent my whole life moving as far away from Croydon as mm -hmm. possible. Because mm -hmm. the Croydon I remember wasn't the, the up and coming Croydon it is today. It's very bougie um, so now. It's very bougie with Box Park and everything. Yeah. But um, pre-California, I lived in Islington. So I was kind of planning on living there, but the reason I came home was was for family. So I've basically just moved in between my son's father and my parents. So Honor Oak and Battersea. So I'm just in the middle of family. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's so fascinating as well because like I've considered like moving away in the future because I'm like I've, I've been in London now twelve years. Um, and before COVID, I travelled so much, and I've always gone like I'd love to know what it is like to live in another place. Like I don't see myself like being here for the next 10 years, I, I don't know where I'm going to settle because I, I can't see that far. But I always imagined myself like going to a new country, starting fresh and having that sort of challenges and making new friends. And obviously yeah. we were talking about that you were based in, in LA and I was like, yeah. why would you even come back to London? And once you're in LA, <laughs> you stay in LA. That was the plan. That was definitely the plan. I love, I mean, you know, I never really think anything through. And I think if I'd have thought about it, I might not have taken on such a task, but mm. I, uh, I, I made the leap and I moved uh, me and my son to California back in the summer of 2018. So we had like an incredible run of that, you know, amazing adventure, new chapter, real independence for me. Like I would be driving down the PCH just not, I just couldn't believe that was my life mm. I'm a terrible driver so I never drove in London um so yeah I was definitely living the California dream it was wonderful and I'd only just started that adventure you know but um but as soon as lockdown happened it just wasn't it wasn't dreamy anymore it was very very lonely and very tough as a single parent out there um so after a year nearly a year of lockdown um, I decided I needed to come home yeah because I, I I know a lot of my friends over there and I even get two different things I've got a lot of British friends who go over go it's lovely it's amazing but you really need to know your people there because it is I mean as much as London we have like north east like west it's so much more segregated over there from like north Hollywood to like downtown to west Hollywood and like it's so spread out so you can only really do like one thing or two things per day because it takes so long to get there for instance but also like the 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 mantra and the intention 
for a lot of people out there is sometimes can be a bit superficial. So you really have to find your genuine people. And I, I don't, I'm assuming that it's what you, yeah. which you had as well. Well, I was very lucky because a whole load of like London advertising people and production people that I was, you know, really good friends with were living out there. So I, I definitely kind of was welcomed to LA by those people. But you know, there's 200 um, friends working at Headspace as well. So I made really fast friends with with many people at Headspace. So I, I never felt um, too lost for for mates. And also I had my son, so I always had good company, mm. you know. But um, it's true that like once you're Venice or Santa Monica, then you stay Venice. I think I went over to, to like... Um, Silver Lake like twice in three years. Oh wow. So 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 because so if you maybe let's if you think back, if you didn't have lockdown, would you yeah. stay? Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's a hundred percent. Maybe it's the future, then you'll go back. Yeah, I mean it was just it was a great beginning of an adventure, but it was definitely made better by my family and friends coming and me being able to come home. Like just that freedom of travel made everything not seem so scary because you know what if you're a Londoner living in California everyone wants to come and stay with you and everyone does yeah yeah right so you're never kind of short of mates and visitors and mm. my mum and dad loved coming to LA so they were planning like big chunks of visits um, in 2020 so I think that it's like the new life but also that constant exchange back and forth um is what just made it really work yeah and also because you're still with the company and obviously you're doing LA yeah. times there is an opportunity for the future if you just want to be like you know what I want to come back and they'll be like yeah of course come over yeah exactly I hope so and, and also I fully intend to pop back to HQ as much as possible like once once things open up again it will be amazing to be able to go back and see everyone yeah for sure so tell me because obviously I know your career is advertising you have a, a, an extensive career in advertising how did that start firstly? And then how did the opportunity come up to work in a tech space? Yeah, so I mean, my beginning in advertising was ridiculous because I was at art college in Croydon and I wanted to study fashion. And actually the, the reality was I had to fill in one more gap on my UCAS form and I copied the girl next to me and it was she'd filled in creative advertising. I mean, so it was all very um, serendipitous. And I was, you know, I, I did a degree in Bournemouth in creative advertising. And then I was very lucky to go to what's known as Watford, which is West Hertz College. Um, where you know some of the best minds in, in in advertising were lucky enough to go and learn how to think um, and then maybe three quarters of the way through Watford I got the chance to go <clears throat> and start a placement at Kessels Kramer in Amsterdam and that this is 1998 and at that time mother in London and Kessels Kramer in Amsterdam had had born been born um, at the same time together so they really were the hottest places in advertising to go and I was lucky enough to have six months um, at Kessels Kramer uh, with my then partner Ben Tollett and then that really springboarded us into into our careers because everyone wanted to know what was going on inside the church which is where Kessels Kramer is based in Amsterdam mm. so after that I, I had eight good years at Mother um, where I had the time of my life and, and worked with Kim Gehrig, who's now um, an incredible director. Yeah. And we just had a very good run. You know, we were the right people with the right energy 
at the in the right place at the right time and and really we were very fortunate to have such close contact with Robert Savile and Mark Waits and all the brilliant people that were there at the time so we really did you know sell everything we wrote and, and we won lots of awards for the things that we made and traveled the world and really lived the dream for Kim and I had six years together and that's um, amazing. I, see, I think she's in Australia at the moment doing something. She isn't. She is in Australia at the moment, but shooting all over the world from her laptop. Uh, I she's mean, like having the greatest time. Yeah, I know. I mean, literally, she's at the height of her career. I mean, I don't want to bring it on yeah. her, but she's the height of her career and stuff. And I think so, I was talking to someone about the idea of like moving from creative into directing. Like you, and yeah. I was saying, I was talking about her to someone. And I was like, it's so fascinating because she can understand what it is to make a creative and pitch it and all that sort of thing. She's in, she's been in the house and now she's a director. So she's the best, yeah. she has the minds of both people. I mean, she, she is without a doubt, in my opinion, the most phenomenal director that I've ever worked with. And, you know, you could see it when we were, were a team because her attention to detail, her relentless attention to detail and control over every aspect has now translated into her being such a phenomenal director. I'm so mm -hmm. proud of her. I love working with her. Mm. So after after this experience being mother as well, yeah, what made you want to have a go? You know what? I really want to try TechSpace. I mean, of course, Headspace is an amazing company and it's brought so much joy to people in this really difficult time. So mm. I couldn't think of any other better company to go to 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 to, to put good into the world. But what made you want to make that jump? I mean, I had, I had been connected with Headspace since we began because Rich Pearson, one of the founders, and I had worked together at BBH at the same time. And then we'd worked together as kind of an accidental startup out of BBH. And he'd met Andy around, um, let's say, oh God, where are we now? Yeah, 2000 and something. And um, so I'd always been connected and always, you know, admiring them giving them people talent contacts um and i'd you know been to their first event so that's when my journey with headspace had started um and then over the years you know after i left mother i went to bbh back to mother back to bbh ended up at gray i'd always been in contact with rich and he was you know always keen for me to to get involved but it wasn't until early 2018 that he felt that Headspace was big enough and ready for a, a CCO. And he'd also followed my career and my personal life and could see that I would benefit hugely from moving to California in terms of lifestyle and priorities and things like that. So it wasn't necessarily, a, I wanna go into the tech space. It was more, a, I'm super interested in going in house going uh, brand side mm -hmm. and of all the brands headspaces would be the greatest brand to work for because number one I love Rich and Andy number two we're improving the health and happiness of the world and number three it's always been such a cool loved consistent brand so it has it has everything going for it um, so I was I was hugely honored when he like officially asked me to to help him, you know, lead um, and be the brand guardian um, mm. for him. Do you do you feel like do you know do you feel like before you started the company, would you say you're massively like into mindfulness and that sort of thing? Because I think people, it's been like a trend for like a couple of years, and then people have actually gone. People have realized how powerful it is. Did you mm. would you say you practice a lot like 
in your private life and then obviously you went to the company and obviously you must have even more information and even more kind of people surrounding you practicing the same thing as well yeah I well I started you know on that first event day and Andy spent like eight hours teaching us all how to meditate so I I had a taste of it and I had used Headspace for a few years on and off. Then about five or six years ago, I did a meditation course, which meant that I could do my own unguided practice. And I did my own unguided practice twice a day for a really long period of time. So I definitely had built that muscle. But until I started at Headspace doing the daily group meditations, really knowing the product inside out and also seeing the benefit to myself and everyone I worked with. Mm. I would say now I'm, my practice is like really solid and very consistent and regular. And I can, and I can talk till the cows come home of the benefits. Yeah. I think you said in one of the podcasts that maybe, maybe I misheard this, but do you all collectively come together every morning and practice meditation as a company? I think, because I think that's great. Yeah. So the, Uh, In real life, everyone at 10 a.m. is invited to come into the lookout, which is like the big reception area at Santa Monica HQ. And we all sit together on all these different levels in this massive space and we meditate together. And it's often a recording of Andy or Eve on the speakers. Occasionally it's Andy live or Eve live in the room with us, which obviously is like super magical. And then even now through lockdown, you know, we haven't been in the in the office since March 2020, but we still have a Zoom um, meditation every day at 10 a.m. where everyone can join. And how long is the meditation in the morning? Just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. So what would usually happen is you kind of congregate and chat for 10 minutes have your 10 o'clock meditation and then like then your day would really kick off because you're all so grounded and focused and connected yeah I mean if I had if I if I started a company if I was part of a company and it was it was my like I've had the power to do I definitely would do that every single morning just to sync people all together and it's it's not 20 minutes not half an hour it's 10 minutes or you can give meditation every single day but it really does set your day up well it it really does and also um it helps you switch from crazy commuting and children and whatever surfing or riding your bike to work and getting your breakfast and coffee then you have this moment and then you're just all you know in the same headspace and in the same mindset ready to rumble you know so and so that's like the immediate benefit and then also the collective benefit if you've been doing it three or four times a week for a couple of years so there's the long term and the short term Mm -hmm. benefits but there is you know me being British as well the idea of sitting in the room with your eyes closed with loads of people is weird but once you've done it a few times and you feel how powerful and that is it's like yeah I I, I miss it massively. And, and I, I, I personally believe there is a difference between meditating alone and meditating with others. Ah, so different. I mean, there's, mm. I mean, I always say, but this is a, a weird thing, but like when you're sleeping alone and when you've got someone in the bed next to you, you don't need to be touching, <laughs> but you can feel yeah, their energy. It's different. And it's yeah. so different because for, for, yeah. I instantly feel I can sleep better if someone's in the bed yeah. because their energy's radiating off of me. And I can only relate exactly. to that, like people who, haven't meditated just yet or or doing it regularly now is that it feels totally different meditating with people around you because you're all because we're always sending 
energy out of our bodies and we're all i mean it's scientifically proven that we actually glow like our, our bodies actually glow so if you think of mm. that and think about all the bodies congregating together like it must, it's just a bit different experience it's amazing than yeah it's it's amazing oh mate so <laughs> what is your so are you a type of person to like plan future or you like kind of go with the flow see what happens like manifest certain things and then and like respond to what the opportunities of the universe has given you um i'm a weird combination of always planning yet really spontaneous yeah. So Headspace is a really good example. Like Vicky and I were running Grey in London, co-CCOs, and we were like, this is, I think this is great. This is probably our last job. We'll just stay here till we retire, okay? And then Rich comes along and offers me this opportunity. And I'm like, oh. I was I was very happy with Vicky at Grey. So I said, and originally I said no. And then he said, just have a think about what might have to be true for you to say yes and and in all honesty I just wrote down both scenarios and 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 it wasn't really a decision it was just like obviously I'm going to take this opportunity and Vicky was amazing because she was like if it was anything else I would kill you but you, you're allowed to go to Headspace in California I so get it what, what, what I'd love to know what was on your list of pros and cons I'd love to know. I do, I, do you know, I should probably dig out the document one day and remember, but I wrote yeah. it on a Google Docs on the plane and I wrote, this is kind of my life story in a couple of paragraphs. This is the status quo and therefore this is what's going to be my next few years. Copy and paste or save as. And then if I wrote, this is what Rich is describing and how I imagine California to be and what that next few years could look like for me and Buddy, it, it was just uh, it was a no brainer. Yeah, and it's also it's also very difficult. Like if you are by yourself, it's a d different thing than when you've got a child and they're growing up in a totally new space. And you, yeah. you've also got to be really strong, like mentally about making new friends in your circle, but also your sons or daughters, whoever they've got to be. Mm. You've got to worry about them and making new friends and stuff. So how was that experience? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that came into your head as well while, while going that job. Of looks course. Really great. Well, look yeah, I mean, the first thing was I, I actually didn't respond to Rich until I'd spoken to Al, who's my son's dad, because if he wasn't supportive, then I just it was just a ridiculous notion that that just needed to be shut. Yeah. But Al was like, I'm so proud of you. I've always wanted Buddy to, you know, have a have a Californian adventure. Al had uh, work over in L.A. a lot of the time. So he was coming and going all the time. So he was 100 percent behind the move. And then luckily one of Buddy's longtime best friends lived in California. So as soon as Al and I said, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna move to, uh, you know, mummy and you are gonna move to California and you're gonna go to the same school as this friend. He was like, cool, when are we going? Oh, I mean, that was it. He was eight years old. Life isn't that complicated. As long as he knew that I was gonna be happy, daddy was happy and his best friend was gonna be at school every day. He didn't need anything else really simple things simple mm. things and was mm. and, and, and was, did you him and you adjust quite quickly to the to the to your new space and that sort of thing um yeah i think so again because we had that like cradle of a couple of british friends um it just normalized it quite a lot you know we lived around the corner from this family of his best friend and just we had enough people not to make it feel too alien we landed on the Friday. He started school on the Monday. Oh wow, that's so really he didn't great. really have. 
I know he didn't have much time to really worry about it and I think you know as a parent that's definitely my approach to change is like and this is happening now and we're just having a lovely time yeah okay yeah it's such an interesting way of like of going through life isn't it just like not I mean you think about the decision you think about the possibilities the pros and cons and then once you made a decision just go cool okay now we're gonna roll just gonna go for it cool and this is gonna work and it's going to be, you know, I, I definitely have that blind optimism as well. I don't necessarily, I don't often entertain the pessimistic side because I, I find it a waste of time. Well, it's a waste of energy. I'm. It's a waste of energy. I mean, I always imagine things are going to be good until they're bad, rather than do. imagining things are going to be bad until they're good. <laughs> I just, I just, I think, I think I've just this pure thrill of like optimism. That, like, if you honestly, if I just literally imagine and manifest it to be good. It generally yeah. will be. And I think I it's just about the kind of faith in the, I, I, I relate yeah. to people who are religious, for instance, they have, like my my mum, blind faith about Jesus and about God and stuff like this. And I'm like, that's the sort of mental attitude that you should have in manifestation in the way that you should operate in your world. Like, I agree. There's literally just blind faith that this is what's- yeah, Of course it's going to work out. Of course it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, it's for a reason, then the next thing will work out. That's, it's, it's fine. That is literally what I say to people. Like the reason, like my friend <laughs> uh, lost two jobs recently in an interview stage. And I was like, there's a reason for that. And yeah. once you accept that, then it becomes less of a, an emotional sort of baggage. Like, oh, why did I not get it? And, I, and for me, I just go, I just have blind thing going, oh, okay. There's a reason for that. I, I don't know what it is yeah. yet, but it's fine. I'm just going to keep moving on. And I know, and mm. I have sheer faith in it. And it's, and I think that's- Yeah, but I think that having that, having that sense of perspective and that resilience and that like, okay, that didn't work out how I expected, move forward is I, I have definitely gained that through my meditation practice. Like my ability to bounce is incredible now and definitely wouldn't have been before. Yeah, but that was the same me. So I started meditating about five years ago um, and it was after a really bad breakup and I got really, 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 really depressed for like six months. And then after that sort of like emotional sort of thing, I was just like, okay, I need to practice more self-care. So I started doing meditation and I started looking into like self-care books and self-help books and that sort of thing. And I built up like a really good tool of like things of like how to, re how to respond to uh, reactions in my space but also how to bounce back from really bad news mm. or like things that I thought was going to go well or like things that you just like dramas in your life you just like they're really not serving me anymore so just cut okay that's not worth serving me yeah and it's just about understanding. it's just a decision yeah it's just a decision it's just a choice but also it's like it's like um learning how to go what's important what's really not important I don't know if you have that mm. as well like mm. I'm assuming you have like your priority list of like what's important in life, what's not important. And the things that aren't that mm. important in your priority, you just go, you know what? I don't really need that. Let's, let's just focus on no. that. Yeah. Just edit. Edit, edit your life. It's really, really important. <laughs> important. So as we sort of like come to a close of like the podcast, what I always love to do with my, my guests is that I'd love to ask them what is, well, what has inspired you over the years or even recently that you would give back to your younger self or you give back to someone that's listening that's either be like could be in a uh, like a mantra or like a, an inspiration for like a, a quote or a book or a film or anything like that. Um, what lockdown has taught me and, and probably old age as well and, and having a more well, no, regular meditation practice. You're definitely is, not old. Um, <laughs> is just peace. Like 
I spent the first 43 and a half years of my life looking outward for distraction all the time, running around, talking to people, socializing, going out, traveling, shopping, eating out, like always looking outwards and really neglecting and ignoring um, who I am and what I need and, you know, getting to, to really um, be at peace with myself. And now all I want is, is, is peace and quiet and time, quiet time alone, relaxation, time walking out in nature, um, and just that confidence to be. That's a really big one, because I think a lot of people before COVID and slightly now as we're getting back into kind of normality are in a rush and you go to all these yeah. Shoreditch houses. And so and I'm and I'm also a corporate <laughs> as well. I'm always somehow speaking to people, socializing. But I have to catch my stuff and go, am I doing this to distract something? Is something going on yeah. or do I need to? take a moment and have a bit of self-care and self-reflective thing because I'm tired and I'm not going to perform on this yeah. thing. And I think you need to know, be a bit more self-aware of what you're doing to your body and what your intentions are. And if you're masking things and suppressing things of other things. And I don't know mm. if that's to do with age or if that's to do with like something went wrong and so you're trying, like, you, you know, like when you, if your body breaks or if, you, if you've got like a bad wrist, you become hyper aware of your wrist. Really aware. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that is. I, d I don't know. But I think I don't have that need to be distracted like I always had before. And so I would say to my younger self, just maybe do half the things, have half the fun, go out half the time and the other half spend, just spend a bit of time with yourself because you're actually quite all right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because no, you're not all right. You're absolutely amazing. You're amazing as you are. <laughs> and I think that's really, really important to know that you are amazing. And it's okay to have a day by yourself. And I often, I had, uh, this is a funny thing. So it's a funny story. I, I went out on the night, I went out like two weeks ago and I went out for a night and I think I got home at like two, it was a bit, bit drunk. Well, not drunk, but like a bit like merry. And the next day I was like, I was really like a bit like, a bit groggy. And I thought I'm going to take myself mm -hmm. to lunch. And I have this really great thing. I'm like, there's a quote saying, treat yourself like you're in a relationship with yourself. Because if I, because I'm quite generous, mm. if I'm in a relationship with someone, I always mm. do a lot for them. I do make an effort. I'm like the type of person that I'm like, I get key rings, like when I'm traveling and I bring them back for them or like I mm. make soup or whatever it is. And mm. um, so I like, the, I like this thing that I do things for myself if I was in a relationship. So I went, to, I went for lunch by myself. And I took myself for lunch. It was great. It was like a nice two hours. I had like a glass of wine. I had bolognese and stuff. And then people look at me like I was an absolute insane person. And I was like, <laughs> just, it was, I think it was a busy Saturday afternoon. And I was just like, what's wrong with me enjoying a, like yeah. lunch by myself? And I, had, I didn't have my phone yeah. on. I turned my phone on airplane mode as well. And I just sat there looking at everyone who's taking it all in. And people just thought I was mental. Yeah. And it's just, but I think it takes a real inner comp. It takes a real confidence to be able to do it. Yeah. For unfortunately, but you have to have a certain confidence to be able to do it. And before, I would I'd be mortified. I really would. So I get it. But now, like my son just finds it hilarious because I'm like, all I want is peace. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> He's eleven. He's well, like, why? <laughs> also, you lived in, you worked in the advertising industry, which is super fast paced, and mostly you're at like lunches with clients and drinking and all that sort of fun and stuff. So, it, yeah, it, your sure. in, your environment feeds that. 
so it's quite difficult. Well, and also I was running on adrenaline for 20 solid years, solid. Yeah. I ran on adrenaline of pitching and winning and making and shooting and cutting and like constantly, and it was brilliant. It was so exciting and so rewarding and, but it, it was nonstop. And I think that kind of gradual, like leave advertising, move to California, join Headspace, live the California life and then go into lockdown. It's like this weird, I've just been slowing down and slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. And, and now I've finally landed in this place where I'm like, oh, this is nice. So, uh, so I, I imagine that you would probably, cause you, cause before uh, going to Headspace, you were thinking about staying in the, in the advertising game in that company and just kind of like doing that for the rest of what you're carrying career. on. So I'm assuming mm. at this moment in time, there's no intentions to move to another company. It's just to stay at Headspace for, for the rest of your time, your career. If they'll have me for sure. We're, you know, we're about to, to uh, embark on some such exciting, we've got so many exciting things going on. I've seen the future and it's brilliant. So I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely sticking. Amazing. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on 360 Yourself. I know you're an absolute powerhouse, busy woman, and you are just like everywhere usually. Um, and so it's nice to catch you in like a different sort of like, I don't know, like what you call it, trans, transgelic, like very like calm sort of space. <laughs> so it's so absolutely lovely because it's people like you who come on the podcast that I actually love because you are highly successful, highly ambitious but just have a really good understanding of your surroundings and who you are as a person. I do now. Thank you, Jamie. It was so lovely to talk to you. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neil JN. Thank you for listening.